What up, internet creatures? I'm Dave Rubin. It's the Rubin Report direct message for November 11th, 2020. There's a lot to talk about in the world. Before I get to what we're doing today, I, Dave Rubin, will be getting on a plane today for the first time since February. I have not left Los Angeles since February. I'm going to leave this crazy city in this banana state. I'm heading to Texas, people. I'm going to Dallas for undisclosed reasons. I've already said too much, but I'll send some pictures. I'll post some things in Dallas and I'm gonna be doing the show over at the Blaze Studios, and now I've really said too much. So keep an eye out for that. Our direct message will be live tomorrow from Blaze Studios in Dallas, and then I'm doing a bunch of stuff with the guys over there. I'm psyched for that. Uh, today, we're doing three stories. Uh, first, I referenced a video yesterday that I wanted to pull up today. This is an interview that Wolf Blitzer, who is part man, part wolf, part journalist, part not journalist, uh, Wolf Blitzer on CNN, he interviewed Attorney General Bill Barr, not Bilt Barr. I sometimes promote Bilt Barr. That sort of sounds like Bill Barr. And then yesterday, I also referenced Bob Barr, who was a Georgia congressman a while back. But Attorney General Bill Barr, William Barr, was on Wolf Blitzer's show back in June, and he was talking about potential mail-in fraud. They had about an eight-minute exchange. We're going to show about two minutes of it. But if you, if you watch it now, compared to everything happening in the world right this moment, it's, it's pretty mind-blowing. So we're gonna show that. That's story number one. Story number two, we're gonna dive a little bit more into the voter fraud situation. And, and more importantly, you know I like to focus on the media reaction to it, the type of stuff that they cover and the type of stuff that they don't cover. Uh, the New York Times, front page of the New York Times today, there's nothing to see here, people. Uh, yet there is some stuff to see here, people, and we're gonna talk about some of that stuff, and I'm even gonna use videotape. Uh, and then finally, this is the story I'm most looking forward to because it's just absolutely insane. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control, you know, one of the many people and organizations that were telling us back in March, we got 15 days to flatten the curve. We've got new guidelines for Thanksgiving, people. And uh, they ain't pretty, they ain't pretty. I don't think I will be abiding by these guidelines, but you know me, I'm a rebel, Dottie, what can I tell you? Uh, but before we get to all that, guys, I wanna talk to you about Second Thoughts, the board game. Second, thought, Second Thoughts is this year's favorite party game that's sure to be the hit in your next game night after the election results come in, which they sort of have, maybe kinda. It'll be more necessary than ever to connect with family and friends over some lighthearted fun. David and I always host Thanksgiving. We're gonna do it this year, and we're looking forward to playing Second Thoughts after some delicious turkey and stuffing. The play of the game calls for each team to quickly create a list of words for their opponents to decipher, leading to hilarious puzzlement and laughter. Simply put, guys, it's a classic word-guessing game with a unique twist that allows players to personalize the content with their voluminous sense of word smithery, or just their witty and warped imaginations. Each round of Second Thoughts is a hilarious high-speed attempt to stump the other team. Both team, teams create a list of five things using the letters revealed from the color dice. Be witty and wise, but don't take too long because time is not on your side. The amount of time it takes your team to create the list is the exact amount of time your opponents get to guess them. I gotta say this game is really fun after a glass or two of wine, whiskey, or other assorted beverage. 
Second thoughts, guys, the quick thinking versus fast talking party game. And for the month of November, the game will be on sale at a special price. So be sure to get yours today at secondthoughtsthegame.com. That's secondthoughtsthegame.com or at your local Target store. And now back to me. All right, so let's talk about Bill Barr, not Built Barr or Bob Barr. Bill Barr is the attorney general. And yesterday I mentioned that months and months ago, he was warning us about potential fraud with mail-in ballots. Now that doesn't mean fraud occurred, but over the course of the last few months, we've sort of been talking about it, right? Like between the pandemic and riots and protests and everything else, we also significantly changed the way we do voting, meaning we put much more emphasis on mail-in ballots. Uh, I can tell you guys, and I'm sure many of you that follow me on Twitter have seen this, that at my old house in LA, our mailbox was being broken into constantly, and I would have people on our Nest video. I had video of the people actually doing it. That doesn't prove that anyone stole ballots or anything else, but there's just weird stuff out there. And all of these people that are suddenly pretending that the system is perfect, it's like they would be telling you the exact worse, uh, the exact reverse if they got what they wanted in this case. So let's throw to this video. This is Wolf Blitzer. Again, this is back in June, interviewing Bill Barr about mail-in ballots and the potential for fraud. Here we go. Which is the bipartisan commission chaired by Jimmy Carter and James Baker said back in 2009 that mail-in voting is fraud with the risk of fraud and coercion. But since then, and, there have and been until a lot this of no, well, sorry, that have improved it. Let me talk. Yeah, please. Uh, and since, this, since that time, there have been, in the newspapers, in networks, academic studies saying it is open to fraud and coercion. The only time the narrative changed is after this administration came in. But elections that have been held with mail have found substantial fraud and coercion. For example, we indicted someone in Texas, 1,700 ballots collected he from people who ha could vote. He made them out and voted for the person he wanted to. Okay? Because that kind of thing happens with mail-in ballots, are, and everyone knows but that. But there are individual uh, cases. But as far as widespread fraud, we haven't seen that since... Uh, well, we, have, we haven't have had the kind of widespread use of mail-in ballots that's being proposed. We've had absentee ballots from people who request them from a specific address. Now what we're talking about is mailing them to everyone on the voter list when everyone knows those voter lists are inaccurate. People who should get them don't get them, which is what has been one of the major complaints in states that have tried this in, in municipal elections. And... Uh, People who get them are not the right people. They're people who have replaced the, the previous occupant, and they can make them out. And sometimes multiple ballots come to the same address with a whole genera several generations of occupants. Do you think that's a way to run a vote? Well, uh, the only thing I'm saying is that so far we haven't seen widespread fraud. But you so far we haven't tried it. Well, and the point there's is, there's a lot of us. Uh, there are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, state this like is Utah. playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this, to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous, and the people are playing with fire. 
All right, so there's a lot there. People are playing with fire. That's what he was saying back in June. Now, first off, I want to give credit where credit's due. Considering that Wolf Blitzer is one of the first part robot, part human hosts on television, I think his ability to interact with the guest is quite good. Uh, so that goes to show you that they are updating the software on these uh, these cable news hosts. Uh, but there's a couple, oh, I'm sorry, you know what, guys, I, you know, I said uh, that this video was from uh, June. It's actually from September. So that even proves the point even further. It's even more recent. Uh, it's not June. We were originally going to play some audio uh, of something that Bill Barr said in June. We swapped it at the last second. My bad. I correct on the fly. There you go. Uh, so this took place in June, this interview. Not uh, Sorry, this interview took place in September, not in June, just to be very clear. Uh, okay, so there's a whole bunch there that I want to reference. So First, Bill Barr says that obviously mail-in ballots for a series of reasons are, quote, open to fraud and coercion, meaning that they could mail multiples to one house, that sometimes people move, and then you could still mail in the ballot that came to you, that it's sometimes even referenced that it could happen generationally. He used an example of uh, this, this person in Texas who got 1,700 ballots and made out all of them. And then Wolf Blitzer's response was, well, that's an individual case, not widespread. But then Bill Barr said, well, we don't know how many other times this has happened. So I am mentioning all of this not to say that the election was automatically illegitimate or wrought with fraud or anything else. I think there are markers that would make us curious. And the fact that the, the mainstream media is going out of their way to make us feel that there's nothing to see here actually makes me feel more that there is something to see here. But I think it's important to show that that Bill Barr is basi basically, I would say, respected across the aisle, although we live in this odd partisan time that I'm sure they're gonna tell you he's a white supremacist soon enough. But in effect, he was warning about just this in September. He gave an example of how it can happen. And what they keep saying, I mean, this is the new meme out there. They'll go, oh, there are individual cases. That's what Wolf said, but you're seeing this throughout the media right now. There are individual cases, but it's not widespread. Well, how many individual cases in how many different places actually lead to something being widespread? I don't know what the answer to that is because I don't know what counts technically as widespread. I mean, if it was widespread throughout all throughout one state, let's say, and then that state flipped and the election came down to that state, well, that seems pretty widespread and, and important. Now, if we have minor things in different states, and I'm not even saying that it's all the same in all the states, the point is there's something to talk about here. And the fact that people are afraid to talk about it or you think you're gonna be put on AOC's list or something else, it's like, man, if that's where we are, then this isn't America anymore. And I'm, I'm willing to take a bet on America that this still is America and that's how I'm gonna behave. So it, let's explore this stuff. I think, I think in effect, we have to explore this stuff. And the fact that the attorney general was talking about it before the election, uh, there, was, there was another line in there that I wanted to get to. Uh, so he said that, that you're playing with fire. And then he mentioned this thing about confidence. And I think this is the important part, that right now, from what I can tell, most people do not have confidence in the system. We have some people doubling down. So think about really what's happening here. We have had virtually half the country and the entire media establishment and, and big tech and everything basically telling us that Russian collusion and they hacked the election and Trump is illegitimate and Hillary Clinton even said that she, she should have been president and a series of things. They have never accepted the election, right? And that there was all sorts of things going on and blah, blah, blah. Well, now 
because they seem to think that Biden won or Trump lost, now we, we're not allowed to question anything. So the same people who ran with a lie that ultimately led to a failed impeachment are now saying, no, 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 there's absolutely nothing to see here. I mean, it, it's the highest hypocrisy that you can possibly imagine. And for the zillionth time, that in and of itself doesn't mean that anything is untoward. It doesn't mean that there was fraud. But the hypocrisy of, oh, I look at things when, when I get what I want one way, and then when I don't get what I want, I look at them another way. This is a big problem. Obviously, this story ain't going anywhere. We'll, we'll continue talking about it because, uh, unfortunately, the media is just dropping the ball. That's going to be our next story. But before we do that, folks, I want to show you my new basketball. You know how I got this basketball? And by the way, I am uh, shooting at a very high percentage these days. I've, I'm knocking down about 65% of open threes these days. My team can, can confirm it. You know how I got this ball? I got this ball because I used my Glint Pay card. This is a mock-up, so don't zoom in and try to steal something from me. It's just a mock-up. It ain't a real card. But the card does feel like this, and it's a nice-feeling, hefty card. You're going to dig it. Uh, what is Glint Pay? Well, at Glint, they believe that gold is one of the possible solutions to restoring trust in the system through sound money. Customers shouldn't have a choice. Glint provides you – I'm sorry. Customers should have a choice. Not shouldn't have a choice. They should have a choice, people. That's what it's all about. Glint provides you the ability to own and transact in real gold as though you were saving and transacting in dollars, euros, or yen instantly. Unlike cash, gold actually holds its purchasing power over time. Glint allows me to buy, sell, save, and spend in real gold or U.S. dollars using my new Glint MasterCard and their free Glint app. That's exactly what I did when I picked up this ball on Amazon two days ago. Glint is super safe, simple, and reliable. It's free to sign up, so go to glintpay.com slash Ruben for more information and to start purchasing gold today. That's glintpay.com slash Ruben to get your gold today. And now back to me. All right. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the media situation related to all of this. So first off, before I even dive into it, I want to show you the front page of the New York Times today. Let's throw to the front of the New York Times. This is their headline, which says, election officials nationwide find no fraud. All right, I mean, I guess that's kind of true. Election officials, now these are the same people who would be in charge of things, so if there was some fraud, they wouldn't want you to know, because then it would make them look pretty, pretty bad. But you know, it's a big title up there, and it's very, you know, this is what's happened, and if you even question what's happened, well, you're a bad guy, we're gonna throw you on the list. Now, I want to mention two other New York Times stories that have happened in the last two years, just to show you that perhaps just because something is in the New York Times and on the front page, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Now, you may remember about uh, two years ago when the New York Times did a front page story about how YouTubers were leading people to the alt-right and you know who they included in that story? Well, there was a big picture of my face. They actually held my face to the third page, but they had a montage of many other people. And they talked about me, and they talked about that scary Orthodox Jew, Ben Shapiro, and that really scary uh, psychologist that sounds like Kermit the Frog, Jordan Peterson. They talked about YouTuber Phil DeFranco. They talked about libertarian economist Milton Friedman and many others, how we were leading people to the alt-right, even though literally everything I have done on this show for five plus years now has been against identity politics and against those type of authoritarian collectivist ideas. 
Um, so that is that was the cover of the New York Times. The best part of it was they they take there's a, the author of the New York Times story is a guy by the name of Kevin Ruse, R-O-O-S-E, although if he would just change his name to Kevin Roos, I think then he would be uh, in a much better situation, at least much more honest. But in effect, he tracked uh, a kid who was watching videos on YouTube and he sort of was a centrist at first and then he started watching some Jordan Peterson videos, some Rubin reports, some other things. And then, uh, then he started watching some stuff that was a little further right, but then guess what? You're not gonna believe this, guys. He found lefty YouTube and he was saved and he became a big progressive. So the very thesis of the article, which was that YouTube leads people to the alt-right, was debunked by the very kid that they based the article on. Uh, I mentioned this not to make it about me. I mentioned this because this was a front page of the New York Times article that was filled with lies and everything else. They had to change some of the, the text around it when people started fighting back, but it was front page of the New York Times. And if that one's not good enough for you, I'll mention uh, our friend Jordan Peterson again real quick because they ran a front page story on the New York Times about how Jordan Peterson was pushing women to enforced monogamy, which sounds very scary. He's forcing women against their will to get married. It sounds like Handmaid's Tale. I was on tour with Jordan when that article came out. I was actually in the green room when the, when the author was interviewing Jordan about that. And by enforced monogamy, you can Google the phrase, enforced monogamy in effect means marriage, meaning that enforced monogamy, like we're gonna have some laws around marriage because marriage is generally good. It's one of the building blocks of society to get us from generation to generation to generation. He never once implied that we'd be forcing women to do it, but it was very, it was a scary phrase and it was in there. And it actually almost derailed the whole tour because of the media frenzy after it. I mentioned these two stories and there's a million more. I mean, how many times was Russia collusion and Ukraine and data mining and all of these scary things front page of the New York Times articles? They were many, 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 many times. So just because the New York Times is saying something doesn't mean it's true. And I would argue at this point, I mean, I've almost shifted to the place where if the New York Times tells me something, especially in a headline, I pretty much think that the reverse is true. And often one of the things that they do, and I, I write about this in Don't Burn This Book, is what they'll do is they'll give you a headline that says one thing, and it's not till paragraph 13 where they know nobody's gonna get to, very few people get that far in the article, where you'll realize that the, the headline actually doesn't even match the article at all. Um, so it's, it's propaganda. Now, I am not saying that election officials nationwide find no fraud. I'm not saying that that in and of itself is propaganda. Like that may be a statement that is true. Elect the election officials who are in charge of the stuff have found no fraud. Well, that doesn't mean no fraud occurred. That's what the issue would be, is that you would wanna talk about the, I think there's something like 11,000 affidavits have been signed by people that are claiming that there was fraud or negligence or something like, can we, can we talk about that? Are we allowed to talk about that? Or are our agents gonna show up to our houses and throw us in sacks? I don't know. Um, so it's just sort of nonsense. But to show it's sort of nonsense, I wanna to throw to the video, uh, we just pulled this up, I think it's from this morning, it's either from this morning or, or yesterday afternoon. Uh, this is CNBC and it's video of the Georgia governor who has just announced a statewide recount. At 1 p.m. today, I will make the official designation of which race will be the subject of the RLA. At that time, I'll designate that the RLA will be the presidential race. With the margin being so close, it will require a full by-hand recount in each county. This will help build confidence 
It will be an audit, a recount, and a recanvas all at once. It will be a heavy lift, but we will work with the counties to get this done in time for our state certification. Okay, so that's not in direct conflict with that headline, but it shows you there's more going on here. Georgia is now going to do a hand recount and audit. So, and as he said, as he said, so that we can feel good about it, right? So that we can have confidence in the system, which by the way is exactly what Bill Barr from earlier was talking about. You want people to have confidence in the system, especially when we're so partisan. So when New York Times blares a headline like that, the implication is nothing happened, we shouldn't have to look at anything, and anyone who tells you otherwise is bananas. But it was so close right now in Georgia that it triggered the recount, and that is good. And again, that is why I will keep saying, until this thing is over, you look at everything. You look at everything. That's what a, a free democratic society does. If we were in an unfree society, and perhaps we're there already, but if we were in an unfree society, what would the powers that be do? Well, they would force propaganda down your throat that the result is the result and you can't ask anything about it. And they wouldn't want people to be looking at actually what happened. They wouldn't want hand recounts and audits and everything else. So I think what's happening in Georgia is very good. And by the way, if it turns out that Biden wins Georgia after they've done everything, then so be it. I mean, that, that's what democracy is about. I'm not sitting here saying I have to win or burn it down. That's the way a certain other set of people operate, but it's not the way I operate. So anyway, the point is that we've got Georgia already saying the recount, there's, there's lawsuits in Pennsylvania, there's stuff going on in Arizona, which keeps getting tighter and tighter and tighter, which I think then within a certain amount of votes can trigger an automatic recount. The point is, that there's stuff going on and you're not paranoid or crazy or evil if you talk about it. So let's just leave that there. And then I wanna focus for the remainder on this, this CDC guideline for Thanksgiving story. The Center for Disease Control, who like many other organizations uh, has been telling us what to do about coronavirus and apparently what they're telling us isn't working because it keeps getting worse, I suppose and more cases are coming. And two days ago, Pfizer announced a 90% vaccine. And then, you know, we're told today is, is the worst day that we've ever had. It also seems odd to me that as the election stuff about fraud gains more momentum, then suddenly we see the COVID stuff get ramped back up. I mean, these are all realistic things to talk about, and I don't think these things are unconnected. But the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, they have updated their Thanksgiving guidelines. Let, let's pull them up. We've got a nice bulleted list and I'm gonna go through all of them. Uh, bullet number one, have conversations with guests ahead of time to set expectations for celebrating together. Jesus. Ugh. If celebrating indoors, make sure to open windows. Yeah, enjoy that while you're in the Northeast. That'll be fun. Encourage guests to bring their own food, drinks, plates, cups, and utensils. Why not just charge them money at the same time? Avoid potluck-style gatherings. No double-dipping, people. Very important, very important. Wear a mask at all times when not eating or drinking and keep six feet apart. That's gonna be a hell of a Thanksgiving table, keeping six feet apart from everybody. Limit people going in and out of areas where food is being prepared or handled. Have one person who is wearing a mask serve all the food. I mean, really, like, ma, <laughs> you know, fill up my Coke and get me more potatoes. Use single-use 
single-use options or identify one person to serve shareable items like salad dressings, food containers, plates and utensils and condiments. Okay, I, I wanna be very clear about this. Um, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. I'm not sure what we're doing for Thanksgiving. This Thanksgiving is normally the, the one holiday that David and I host, and we have about 10, 12 family members. We've been doing this for years. It's a tradition that we've started. I love Thanksgiving. I love that Thanksgiving, it's not a religious holiday. It's a it's a holiday about America, being thankful for what we have. It's It's a time to just actually sort of embrace each other, and we go around the table and we talk about what we're thankful for, and it's not, you know, the seasons are changing and all that stuff. So I absolutely love Thanksgiving. And the idea that the government is now going to tell us who can serve the food in our house and how close we have to sit with each other and that we have to keep the windows open and the series of ridiculous things. That is not to diminish what is happening with COVID. But I, call me crazy, guys. I know I'm a radical freedom person a real extremist over here. I believe that you can figure out what to do in your house related to how you're gonna celebrate holidays. And these people are absolutely ridiculous and they want to control you. You cannot control me. And I'm talking to you, CDC, and I'm talking to you, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, and I'm talking to you, Eric Garcetti, mayor of Los Angeles. I'm gonna have people here and we're going to eat freely and we're gonna talk, we might sing, and I'm not gonna force one person to serve everybody. And we might have shared dishes. We might put, I don't know, I'm not really sure, but we, I might do it out of spite. Normally we would serve the plates, you know what I mean? We would make the plate for everybody. I think this year, the stuffing's gonna be over here, the cranberry sauce is gonna be over here, the potatoes are gonna be over here, the turkey's gonna be over here. Everyone's gonna touch the spoon, okay? Everyone's gonna touch the spoon. It's just, that's how we're doing it. You, you cannot control us, you lunatics. Have a nice day, everybody. I'm off to Dallas. The direct message will be live. Same time as always from Dallas. I'm doing stuff, some stuff with Glenn Beck and some of the rest of the Blaze team. I got some interesting meetings, which hopefully I'll have some updates on soon. A lot of good things happening. Don't go crazy. Have a good day and stay six feet away from everybody and don't touch anybody and everything else, okay? You got it? Okay, good.